This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Welcome to the podcast Secrets of the North, a podcast about true crime and mysteries in Northern Canada. We are recording on the traditional and unceded territory of the Denizal peoples. I'm your host, Emily Gallen. And I'm your co-host, Janelle Labrashinsky. Our podcast may contain mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Let's get to the updates. I made a website, like I told you about last, last time. Yes. But just uh, these homies, if they missed the Christmas episode, then... You don't know about the website, so I'm going to tell you about the website. And we got one, and I made it one night, and it's okay. So, come check it out. Secretsofthenorthpodcast.weebly.com Actually, okay, yeah, this is a side topic because we were just talking about boobs for listeners off off air. We were, uh, you know, having a personal conversation. Boobs came up. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And so next month, I'm supposed to be getting my boobs done. And I'm, I'm going to Arizona, and then I'm getting my boobies lifted up to my chin. And they're going to be right under her chin like a ball sack, and her face is the dick. Yes, I want I want people to not be able to see my eyes. I want them to be that high. I want to have to push down my boobies in order to make eye contact with you. That's what's going to happen. It's exciting. Yeah, well, hopefully. I got to get... I am excited to see a before and after. Oh, you will be blessed. I'll need a fresh. I'll need a fresh you before, because it's been I, like a year since I've seen you. I made my man take some pictures of them. Nice. And I looked at them. I looked at them, and I was like, yeah, it's worth the money. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I love them anyways, just because, yeah. No, they my, fed three children. My sister felt the same way when she had hers done. Nice. It's been like a decade since, and she wouldn't change it for the world. Blessed be. Okay. Well, do you have any updates for me? Nothing crazy. I okay. mean, just trucking along. I'm I'm busy. Hanging out school. with your fish. Yeah. Your cat. With my fish, my cats, my, my husband. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, living the dream. Can't wait for it to get warmer. I know we had such a I mild, <laughs> we had such a mild <laughs> winter and now it's so cold and I'm just like, <laughs> we're like, what is this minus 20 Celsius? Yeah. I'm like minus 33. What? <laughs> I know it's actually um, been ridiculously warm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, perfect. Well, then if, if that's that, then Janelle, I'm going to take us to the missing person's corner. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start us off with not a missing person, actually, but a call to the public on behalf of the RCMP who are seeking information regarding a vehicle. Okay. All right. This is file number 2023-13022. The Fort St. John RCMP are asking for the public's assistance looking for information regarding a particular vehicle. This vehicle is believed to be related to a crime that happened in the city on December 12th, 2023. If you have seen or know the whereabouts of a blue 2019 Subaru Forester with the BC license plate NM750N, you are asked to call the police. Under no circumstances should you approach the vehicle or any persons that may be in it. The vehicle was last seen in the area of 105th Ave and 112th Street on Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. If you have any information regarding this, contact Corporal Ian Rissinen at 250-263-6351 or you can even call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Okay, 105th and 112th. I'm reading that and that is like, I'm, I am I live near there. Yeah, that's I, right by my house. I, I think I'm two blocks and like i'm like three blocks i'm very close to that you keep your eyes peeled and i drive a subaru forester it's you it's but it's not mine's white no it's you (laughs) You you, she just had it painted white yesterday it's her oh god okay janelle let's get to the actual people that are missing right now um we've been talking about it a lot recently uh and we're just chatting about it but Let's let the listeners know that we do, in fact, have at least three missing people in the Dawson Creek, BC area since uh, March. Um, But there's been a couple other noted on Facebook. I don't know if they have RCMP files, so I won't mention them yet. Um, But here we go. First, we have Renee Rose Didier, also goes by Supernat, and she's been missing from the Dawson Creek, BC area since December 2nd. 2023. That last name might be familiar to you because this is the second woman missing from that area with the same last name, Supernat. They are actually cousins. 
And she went missing in March of 2023. And that's Darylin. Yeah, Darylin went missing in March 2023. And now we have her cousin missing on uh, December 2nd. Renee was last seen on December 2nd, 2023, leaving Lone Star Nightclub in Dawson Creek. It is out of character for her to go so long without contacting her friends and family. So naturally, they're very concerned. I did speak with her friend on the phone, and he let me know that they did conduct ground searches. They were conducting ground searches each day in Dawson Creek, and the RCMP quickly hopped on that case. So great news. Um, She is described as an Indigenous woman aged 41. She just turned 41 during the time she's been missing, and her friend did note to me that that's also unusual for her to miss like a birthday celebration. Yeah. She is 5'10 and weighs 120 pounds. So she is uh, a tall, thin, actually, if you look at her photo, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's good looking. Yeah. Um, she's a gorgeous woman. So is her cousin. Her. Yeah. Um, her close friends want to get this message out to her. Renee, your dad loves you, your friends and family love you, and we want you to come home. Recently, the RCMP released photographs of of Renee at the Dawson Creek gas station called On the Run Convenience Store and also known as the Chevron gas station. And that's located at 1304 Alaska Ave, Dawson Creek. She was seen with a white Chevy truck. If anyone has dash cam photos, snaps, or drone footage from December 2nd in the area of Dawson, please look to see if you notice anything out of the ordinary. Even if you were just driving through the area, maybe towards Fort St. John, Puskupi, or towards Alberta, please check your footage. Her file number is 23-8743. And if you don't feel comfortable calling in person, you can submit tips online. Or if you can call, it's 1-800-222-4877 for the Crime Stoppers. So let's keep keep our eye out. And there was just a recently a third gentleman, um, Cole. Yeah, Cole Hosack. Cole Hosack went missing on December 31st from Lone Star, Dawson Creek. Same place as, Ren- uh, same place as Renee. He was last seen 1.30 a.m. Um, at Lone Star, I believe. And he also has not been heard of from since. There's both uh, Renee and him have not had, I think, any action on their credit cards, their banks or their bank cards, um, nor their phones, snaps, etc. Yeah, it's um, it's really heartbreaking. And yeah, speaking about Cole, you I think you know a little bit more information about his missing case. I, I have been following it pretty f- actively on Facebook with the posts that his family members have been sharing. Cole was last seen wearing um, all black, a mm-hmm. black fitted Yankees cap um, at a mm-hmm. seven quarter or seven three eight sizing. His air, he had Air Force 10s on, size 10 and a half. He had a black size, extra large Nike zip up sweater with a high, with a higher collar. And he had, was wearing black jeans with rips in them. I would love if they had photos of that to put out because that can actually jog someone's memory. If you're walking and you see, you know, you see random things on the ground, like, oh, like a kid left their their coat and I'll put it up on like a a fence. If people are actually aware of like the sizing of all of this information is is really impactful. He also has very discernible tattoos. He has um, an owl on his neck. Mm -hmm. He has, I believe his son's name tattooed on his chest and on his hand, I believe he has the word blessed tattooed um but just quite a quite a noticeable tattooing on his hands and his um and a little bit on his face as well as his neck so super identifiable as um as a person out and um please just like keep your eyes peeled somebody knows something and we just need to um keep out those positive vibes for this family at this time yeah and you know janelle not just missing cases but the murders that have been happening in dawson creek that's actually what i'm gonna chat about today at crime corner so Janelle, let me take you to said crime corner. I'm ready. Let's go to Dawson. Let's take it to DC. Dawson Creek, BC is mile zero on the Alaska Highway and is closely tied to the construction of the Alaska Highway during World War II. In 1942, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers began building the highway as a military supply route to Alaska. Dawson Creek became a key staging area and the construction of the highway significantly impacted the community. We've covered cases in the past about what happened in Dawson Creek in the 1940s and up until recent days, and it's becoming alarmingly clear that the small rural town is having an uptake in homicides. To give the listeners a lay of the land, picture a rural town with a downtown core full of murals. Think of a big wide main street with angled parking and only two lanes. This town has a bit of a quaint feel to it as well and you can see its history in the architecture. They even have an old silo right as you enter town which is kind of nifty and it gives the town a vintage feel. Definitely. Yeah. 
There's about a population of almost 13,000 residents. Just the other day, an article was released by the CJDC News stating that they saw their seventh homicide of the year in 2023. Now, I did read another article that I thought I read eight, so there, I have a little bit of a it miscommunication couldn't, there. couldn't have been an Energetic City article. It had to be a CJDC article. It, did. it was. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> What would, what, what, I don't know what my hashtag is. Hashtag competition. Competition. <laughs> <laughs> Just last month, a 37-year-old Indigenous male was found dead, according to Global News. And I quote, The RCMP were called to a home in the 600 block of 106th Avenue on Thursday, November 16th, 2023, after receiving a report of a suspicious death. When officers arrived, they found a 37-year-old man dead inside the residence. CTV News stated that the major crimes unit has taken over and the case has been deemed a homicide. This is just the tip of the iceberg. According to the CJDC News, this man was identified as Byron Eric Horn. The investigation has been assumed by the North District Major Crime Unit and the victim, Horn, was repeatedly shot outside of his home, according to a family member citing video surveillance. CJDC cannot independently verify these claims, though, as the North District Major Crime Unit did not respond to any requests for information. Law enforcement was present at the residence and an investigation trailer had been set up and established on site. But despite this, a BC RCMP spokesperson assured the public that there was no perceived threat or danger to public safety. So a targeted event. Yeah. There had been a huge uptake in homicides and shootings in Dawson Creek, so much so that they've even brought in a special team to help out. According to CBC, in response to a recent surge of gun violence, additional RCMP officers will soon be patrolling the streets of Dawson Creek. The North District RCMP has announced the deployment of members from the Uniformed Gang Enforcement Team and other support units from various parts of the province to assist. Since the start of November, law enforcement has been called to address at least five incidents involving gun-related violence. Fort St. John has also been seeing its fair share of shootings. Janelle, do you know about the drama at Triangle Park? I have like very, very lightly heard about it i've actually recently kind of pulled myself off of all of the like what's happening fsj pages so i yeah. don't follow a ton of what's okay. going on in our community with that type of stuff this house is just a few blocks from me and they keep getting shots fired into it so um i mean i did go on facebook and look for information but i found out that cbc actually wrote an article about it uh, from the neighbor and here's a quote from the homeowners just a few blocks from me. A family in northeastern BC say they're frustrated with the RCMP's response to the house next door after their home was riddled with bullets this month. Rick McGee of Fort St. John says he heard a series of loud popping sounds at his home on 112th Ave around 5.30 a.m. on November 2nd. He thought these noises may have been his cat jumping off a table and went back to sleep. Later that morning, a woman who lives with his family was about to feed her baby at the table. She says, are those holes in the wall? I looked up and said, get those kids out of here. Those are bullet holes. That's what we heard last night. End quote. That's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Don't love it. No. <laughs> but let's let's take us back to Dawson Creek. So Byron is just one of the more recent homicides in Dawson. Before you came on the podcast, actually, Spencer and I covered a murder in Dawson Creek that dated back to 1948. Uh, that one was called the Comic Book Killers. And that was because people blamed the death in part to these children reading comics and actually became like a big phenomenon. Um, and that's when the two two young youth, they did take a rifle and they shot into a stranger's car, killing a gentleman named uh, James Watson. So we've got murders happening there from, from the dawn of time, right? Prior to Byron's murder, a man was murdered in June of 2023 in Dawson Creek. Another recent case is of Ryan Earp, who was 39 at the time of his death. Ryan lost his life during a confrontation at a Dawson Creek townhouse, while the other man implicated in the incident was taken into and released from custody. The RCMP reported that the release is contingent on the BC Prosecution Service approval of charges. All right, so it sounds like it's still ongoing. Yeah. The BC Prosecution Service, in response to inquiries from the CJDC TV News, chose not to provide comments, citing it was an ongoing matter. Although neighbors informed CJDC TV that ERP was reportedly stabbed. Dawson Creek RCMP has refrained from offering any statements. Law enforcement, however, has acknowledged that both of the individuals were acquainted. So it sounds like Ryan and the other gentleman in yeah. question were acquainted. So that disturbance occurred on Sunday morning on the 1500 block of 92nd Avenue, prompting RCMP response. 
Upon arrival, officers discovered a man with serious life-threatening injuries and administered medical assistance until paramedics arrived. Despite swift transportation to the hospital, the man was pronounced deceased. And just prior to Ryan's murder was another stabbing homicide. On May 3rd, Tim Guy reportedly suffered a stabbing incident at an apartment on 8th Street, as revealed by CJDC. While police acknowledge the suspicious nature of the death, they have refrained from publicly identifying any suspects despite questioning an eyewitness to the alleged stabbing. CJDC has also acquired information about the suspect's identity, but without formal charges that can't be disclosed publicly. And according to Tim's obituary, he was a perfectionist and put maximum effort into everything he did. He was a talented musician who played guitar and sang beautifully. Growing up, Tim loved skateboarding and could turn a scrap bike into a brand new bike with ease. Always wanting to look his best, Tim could make a white pair of socks shine brighter than when they are new. That's awesome. <laughs> the last 15 years of Tim's life weren't without struggles, but, but it did not matter how much he was dealing with personally. He was always the first person to help a friend or loved one out when they needed it. Also, on July 16th, shots were fired from a vehicle in a residence at the Mile Zero trailer park, leading to a high-speed chase and the arrest of one suspect, currently in custody on unrelated charges. Wow. However, no charges have been laid in connection with the alleged shooting. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, a house on 8th Street was engulfed in flames, and the police are treating it as a arson. While CJDC TV spoke to the homeowner, who mentioned a police suspect, no charges have been filed. I don't even have time to tell you about all the homicides and crime going on right now, Janelle, but I think you get the picture. And there's... Well, okay, I can't help myself. There's another one that we're going to get into deep dive in another episode where... In 2019, a woman murdered her mother-in-law. Wow. There's some crazy stuff going on in this town, and the citizens are fed up with the rate of crime. Not just the homicides, but yeah. also like a very increased level of theft. A year ago, Global News wrote an article about a local vigilante group that were actually talked about in a previous episode. In Dawson Creek, BC, a group of concerned civilians had initiated street patrols, actively monitoring and reporting offenders to the police, and in times, tailing suspects caught in illicit activities. Not safe. Mm -mm. Citizens Take Action, led by Doug Scott, aims to address the escalating property crimes. The Dawson Creek RCMP reported a significant increase in calls related to breaking and entering, vehicle theft, theft from vehicles, shoplifting, and mental health incidences between January and October 2022 compared to the previous year. The concerned group presented their grievances to the mayor and council, asserting that the existing approach is no longer effective. In response to the civilian group's actions, Dawson Creek RCMP issued a warning about potential criminal charges or civil liabilities, emphasizing the risks associated with vigilantism. Staff Sergeant Chris Clark highlighted the RCMP's commitment to combating crime, urged the community to provide any information to help support the investigations. Our MLA Mike Bernier even expressed concerns um, about the possible escalation of these vigilante crews, but did acknowledge the frustration of residents witnessing criminals, you know, seemingly escaping uh, yeah. the consequences. Yeah, and I think... I think it's a big part of human nature wanting to take justice into your own hands. Yeah. Like it's just it's hard to see it. Yeah, what what do you what do you kind of think about that? Like about vigilantism? Yeah, they word. Vigilantes? Yeah, I think so. They I mean this group itself they did acknowledge uh, some occasional confrontation, but the, they do aim to, you know, avoid any conflict and promptly notify RCMP anytime that's necessary. Um, you know, and it is a gray zone, but mm -hmm. they I, believe, that's exactly it. yeah, I think it's a gray zone. Yeah. They've reportedly even assisted in the recovery of stolen vehicles in ATVs in the area. So they're, they've been productive. I see the positive, but I also see the negative where one wrong info, yeah. one lie, yeah. one yep. miscommunication could lead them to attacking somebody for something that they did not do and ruining someone's life. Yeah for and you've we've seen that happen in, we, in the news exactly yes. so i think that that's where um like being a vigilante is like really cool in theory um mm -hmm. but i think that there's a lot of like very fine line work that you need to yep. be aware of if you're gonna like go down that route yeah um because it could just it's a slippery slope yeah and that's why you know on this podcast do we don't name names unless they've been actually like printed or yeah, for public consumption exactly. um or accessible to mm -hmm. the public uh because yes you don't want to do that you don't you can ruin someone's life that way so especially in today's day and age yeah okay so what do we think all these homicides are related to 
I mean, my immediate guess is when I see multiple articles listing from the RCMP, like no immediate concern to the public and that it sounds like it's more targeted, that that makes me think drugs. I, it makes me think, um, like you said, like it make, definitely makes me think substances. It makes me think um, different crime organization. It also makes me think just like the heightened issues of mental health that we have in the mm-hmm. North. Um, mm-hmm. We have such a lack of resources for people struggling and a lot of, um, of the violence that we do see in the North as well, I think could be 100% preventable if there were the proper resources given to um, men and women who are dealing with those issues. I mean... I don't know actually if we've covered um, Amanda Black's case. No, we haven't. But I would love t- for us to dive into that because that is, of course, just a clear example yeah. of domestic uh, violence. Of domestic violence. Um, I know that this last year as well, there was actually another woman from Dawson Creek. Um, she was murdered in Mexico by yes. her boyfriend. They yes. were on holiday oh. for her birthday. She was going to turn 24. Kiera Agnew. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and she like it's just like we don't know that one i think it's hard them not being physically in the country when it happened that's a really hard one but femicide is real and and it's we'll have to get it we'll have to dig into her case um more too i haven't seen too much from the family i think there was a recent update i think it's just because of how um fresh and how active it still is i know that in um in may she had her um the family had her body come back to canada so i i don't see any updates like on how um the funeral was or anything but i I hope that she's now laid to rest and like with her family Mm -hmm. and they have that sort of comfort for her um but it's it's hard to get into cases that are still active like that's one thing like where i can't talk on um the murder that happened in my family Mm because the case is still actively happening like trial hasn't happened i can't speak on any of it yet and they pushed last time we chatted i think they pushed the trial date they did it was supposed to be december 4th this is the third time that was december 4th was already the third time it's been pushed and now it's been pushed once again into the summer so um like the light the smallest thing i can say is that my stepsister was killed in 2021 and we are still waiting yeah for for justice justice so you get it yep yeah i sure do it's brutal and i hate it and i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy and my worst enemy is the person who did it to me yeah so (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i know this is definitely kind of like a hot topic and a sensitive topic for everyone in the area right now um everyone's a little bit on edge about it there's quite a few missing women there's been so many stabbings and shootings uh and yeah and so we do have the people that are fed up we have the vigilantes uh personally would be too scared to get involved if especially yeah. if it's a drug drug war going That's the on thing. or something like that even don't it's so get it's so sad that even my anxiety is also just so high that mm-hmm. i'm like even us talking about speculating oh, yeah i know i don't I know. want that target it I know. spooks me well it should spook us because we have respect for it it's such a small community it's like someone's like oh hey you hear what you're talking these bitches said about you on the podcast yeah (laughs) Uh, uh, oh my name is spencer (laughs) 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 call me spencer we're both spencer all right janelle um that's all i have for dawson we're gonna get into a couple more of those cases in my deep dives but Let's hear a word of from our sponsors and then Sponsies. spook me, babies. Yeah. Okay. All right, Janelle, make me shit my pants. Welcome. Okay, so welcome last... to shit my pants corner. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we left off, we <laughs> were with Alex and Colin. They had went gone. They, they had went, went and gone. gone. They had went and gone. <laughs> so Alex and Colin, um, in our last episode, if you haven't listened to that. You definitely want to listen to the first part of this little bit because it's going to give you some context as to who we're talking about, what they did, what happened, and the fact that they've gone back to camp once again in um, the Hope Fraser Valley area. So, and a lot about apples. You're going to hear a lot about Alex and Colin <laughs> and a little bit about apples. A little bit about apples. <laughs> so, it ended up that um, Alex had to travel again to for another sculpture as his badass would because yes. he's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was traveling to Van and they knew that they wanted to make it a bit of a trip. They actually planned to camp for three days. Okay. So he brought Colin along and they were like, let's do her. Okay. This trip, it's unaware. Pitter, let's get at her. Yes. It is unaware if they brought the dog or not on this trip. Okay. They did not speak on the dog being there once when they were recounting it in the episode 
um, of Strange Familiars, episode 63, if you want to go listen to their personal account of it. And um, so they didn't speak on the dog in the second time. So I'm assuming puppy wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So Proceed. Assumed. Yeah, so assumed. So they went back um, pretty much to the exact same spot that they had camped previously on that Union Bar Road. Mm -hmm. Um, They felt, like I had mentioned in the previous episode, that the apples shoved through the stake was an invitation. It wasn't aggressive. They felt like they were welcomed to come back. Yeah. So I'll just just, uh, throw my butt in here and just recap our listeners. Yeah. Just so they're not confused. Um. You know what? Let's let's see if I remember. Yeah, like, let's okay. hear it from you. What what happened? It was a tale as old as time. We had Alex and we had Colin. They were two badass bitches coming from Penticton to Hope, BC. They wanted to take their time. Their backs were sore. They're twenty nine ish, but they've got the bones of an eighty year old man. So they have to spend the night and they decide to go camping. But they're cold because, and they're definitely in their 20s because they didn't pack properly. And so now they're cold and they need sweaters. They, they could be in their mid-30s. We don't know. No, they're in their late 20s. I've decided. <laughs> they're, yeah, it's decided. So they stop at the, a thrift store where they meet They meet a woman who, who keeps whispering in their ear from behind them, I'm in the bush, I'm in the bush. Ah, the bush. No, it's in the bush. <laughs> it's in the bush. It's in the bush. So this lady says it's in the bush. So then they go camping and all this spooky shit happens with apples moving around, being there, not being there. We got a can of crushed soda arrives and disappears. Now take it away, Janelle. Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you you got pretty much the gist of it. So they come back. Everyone else was like, where's the skip intro? They're like, what is happening? I should just go back and listen. So... (laughs) (laughs) They um, they went into it, though, with the connotation of, like, we're not there to hunt a creature. We're there okay. to enjoy the scenery. The apple thing was weird. Yes. But, like, let's not focus on that. And they let's... were thinking Sasquatch vibe. They kind of had a Sasquatch vibe the first time. I just was thinking vampire. Alex's. Yeah, we thought it was Edward. Um, just because of the gifting aspect. Yeah. So they um they decided like i said no hunting they weren't gonna be hooting or hollering you know out into the woods not calling out for anything nothing like that they just wanted to go chill and fish um so they got in they set up pretty much exactly where they had set up the first time um and as they were setting up they did hear one really loud crack like a of a pretty thick at least like an inch thick branch being snapped okay um and it definitely spooked colin pretty bad he was like because ah. um, there's that difference between hearing that like snap versus almost like that tree falling yeah and then you hear like you mm-hmm. hear more of the wind or something with that yeah. i don't know whereas like when it's weight that breaks this a branch it's much louder so uh, i'm like to act i'm like i know what i'm fucking ah! talking about i don't know about trees trees nature so it did kind of spook them but they were not trying to get into the mindset of being spooked so they decided to ignore it okay um during this the first night as they were set up, you know, they have the fire. They also noticed that this horrendous smell kept wafting in. They just, every once in a while, it was, there was no breeze. It was as if it would just pass by them. And it was this, like, honey poop. Is and how they, Alex <laughs> described and it. And they didn't have their puppy to blame it on anyways. They didn't have their pupper. I don't a think honey so. honey poop. It was like honey. Ew. It was like, like he said it was like poop. sweet feces is how Ew. he described it. Oh, you, why you know does what he reminds know what that sweet... smells like? Yeah, right? The the springtime reminds me of sweet poo. Because you're smelling decomp, my girl. I know. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> so the smell kept coming and going. Kept coming and going. Um, that was the decide. only thing that happened that night. They had a super easy night, really nice and relaxing. Um, in the morning, they decided that they wanted to camp in a different spot. In the spot. morning when I wake up. <laughs> and I packed up my camp. And I packed up my camp. So they grabbed everything. And when they were um, driving to go to a different camping location, they were driving down that same road they had originally come in where all those cabins were. Okay. Um, and we talked about the cabins in the first episode. Yeah, some where deserted cabins. There's all these deserted cabins and trailers and like almost camps that have just Dead been fish hanging. disappeared yeah that that one got me so um they decided to be a little adventurous a little snoopy and they go looking around these cabins um they called them like shacks basically and 
all of the doors are open like they don't have to physically break into any of these oh no just abandoned yeah so um colin was kind of the first one who was drawn inside a location he went into a home mainly because he actually saw a certificate on the wall and he was like what would that be so it kind of drew him in he passed the threshold and it was just the best it was probably like a like a forklift certification or something like that like he didn't say it was anything like a like a school degree or something that someone would miss having and um when he noticed that he noticed there's like quite a few books and um to his left or, or possibly to his right there was a hand-woven basket and he was like oh that's interesting okay. so he picked it up and when he picked up the basket there was just all these beads that started falling from the basket because the basket i guess probably had like holes underneath so all these beads started falling and then oh, a you dr- hear and that then sound like the little and then a dream catcher fell out of this basket and colin thought it looked pretty cool it had a little silver bear on it and he thought i'm gonna show this to alex so he you know put the basket down had the dream catcher and he starts to walk out of the house and as he's about to cross the threshold of the house to exit it or the cabin, he's like, I shouldn't be taking this dream catcher. Mm-hmm. And he chucks it back in the house and he sees it bounce off the ground. Like he, he knows it's in the cabin. So he's like, that was weird. I shouldn't have touched that. And Alex is like, I'm a little bit more aware of these things. I know not to be touching or moving shit. That's not mine. And Especially Colin's definitely a bit more like catchers. naive and just like, yeah, exploring. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, just the regular. This is me yeah um and then alex kind of described this weird um i guess like building they found they said there was these huge two pillars and a set of stairs that went up about 30 feet to a cage and like that was it and they just they were like this is getting weird so they dipped they did not investigate that they didn't go up the stairs they didn't see what this cage led to where is this union bar road outside i'm gonna google earth this yeah you can very easily Okay, sweet. Okay. So, I mean, that could have just been like, what if it was an old building or a building that burnt down? That's what I'm thinking. Like, Burn- some building that burnt down. Something kind of there. Yeah. And the stairs are left. all very decrepit, right? Okay. Continue. So, Proceed. when they got back together, Alex, from his finding of that weird building and Colin fe- finding the beads in the Dreamcatcher, they both just felt insanely anxiety, like full of anxiety. Okay, which they didn't Re- feel last time. No, they didn't. They were just like really heavy. Um, Colin described it as an anxiety attack times 10 um, and they just had to walk away so Mm -hmm. they they decided to um, they literally just crossed because like where they are they're right by the Fraser River so Colin just walked right into the river like shoes on and everything and immediately had to start like putting it on his face and Alex was like yeah that's a great idea so they just started like putting the river on their face just almost cleansing themselves yeah 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 and Alex um has like a little like white light mantra that he likes to repeat when he's having moments like this something like only positivity or like only love and light like something like a a mantra that he's repeating and repeating and he says Colin like repeat this mantra and Colin cannot get it out of his mouth He's stumbling over his words. He can't get it out. And when he finally does, it's like the anxiety was gone. Everything kind of chilled out for them. Um, and they were like, let's go into town. Yeah. Let's get out of this well, section yeah, for a sec. So they decide to scoot into Hope, get some more supplies. And then when they came back, they go to the new spot. Um, they had actually Google Earthed it and looked oh. for a new camping spot. And so is this recent? This is about um, the podcast episode came out in 2019 oh okay so i'd say it's pretty recent sureation yeah so um they go and they get to a new spot um it's probably like a couple kilometers away from their original um from their original camp spot i would not re-set up camp unless i fucking had to yeah right they this is only night one they were there for two more days so committed yeah they were so they return to their new spot they get everything set up um and as they're setting up the smell came back Mm. but it was no longer sweet it was actually quite sour Sour this time and it was Mm -hmm. just very like a sour fecal-esque smell um but why is this guy around so much feces yeah he's just stinky boy he knows the whole time it was just it was colin he just had bad (laughs) farts didn't want to didn't want (laughs) to tell alex um so that's the only thing that happens that day and that night everything goes off without a hitch beautiful camp beautiful fish beautiful fire anything so the next day colin is cutting wood about 100 yards away from the camp um as they were they had brought wood but they were burning through it pretty quick so he was like i'm just gonna go chop some wood um and he started hearing a very weird bird he said the bird made a sound that had a minimum of five syllables in its call 
ABCD if you <laughs> right like he said it sounded like um like a duck and the sound he said it made was kind of like a minamaminawak and oh. it was like like a crow of, yes very similar to like a raven or a crow I but it had and crows. multiple they're weird like meaning i don't Okay. Just okay. like crazy amount of yeah. syllables for and he said he'd never heard anything like this. He heard it a couple times. Um and they actually both heard it throughout their stay a couple times. So they were like okay. it's probably just some kind of weird bird. So they um nothing else happens like throughout the day other than hearing that weird bird. So they decide, you know, it's a beautiful day. We're gonna go for a nice hike and kind of explore. And the boys brought some green apples. Oh, so they wanted to go do another gifting experiment they decided to go um on this trail so like where they were positioned they're really putting themselves out there they really are there <laughs> is um, a railroad right across from their camp so that okay. is like a really easy indicator as to where they are and what they did is they crossed the tracks and they went on this little hike probably like 300 yards away from the camp like they didn't venture crazy far um and alex and colin put some apples um by like this tree as a gift um and then they just you know returned to camp for dindin and had a fire and didn't really think much of it colin was like i want to go see those apples oh, I, I wanna... bet they thought about it. i bet they were like eating their dindins and being like mm, how, how about, about them apples? apples how about them apples so colin is like i am gonna go check on the apples is colin the eager beaver of the two is so the... colin definitely i think seemed to be a bit more eager because he didn't have any experiences before this okay. whereas alex has and is a lot more weary of it and is not mm -hmm. so like inclined mm -hmm. to be as like he's not, as excited. He's not gonna call out to okay. a voice in the woods okay. kind of thing alex okay. is smarter than that so colin um decides he wants to go but it's gotten dark it's after dinner and he needs a headlamp to go and unfortunately um i don't remember which died first but basically there was two headlamps and a stereo mm -hmm. and like their speaker and their speaker battery had died it wasn't like um it they were old it wasn't like they were sucked of energy out of nowhere like they definitely needed to be replaced yeah. so he used the batteries from another headlamp for the speaker he was like music is more important than my sight it's like me and my vibrators i'm telling you <laughs> yeah. i'm like i will take those triple a's out of anything yeah my remote no 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 <laughs> tv no yeah. don't need it. have imagination so there's only one headlamp colin goes out on his own to go look at the the apples and okay i'd never go on my own rude but i mean he's first, they're I mean, both hikers colin has been a climber his whole life like they're very outdoorsy men they're not so telling me they're of the dark they are i gotta get off that okay. <laughs> yeah okay okay continue so Colin goes off and um, and Alex stays back at the fire and Alex, you know, he's on his phone. He's messaging some friends, um, just kind of doing his own thing while he's alone. He probably like, made a couple phone calls or something. He's and then, snapping. Mm -hmm. He's TikTok. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's gramming. Exactly. He's swiping. And then Alex starts to hear some woo coming from the from the Ooh. woods. Okay. Some whoops. As he said, some whoops and hollerings in the distance, and he recognizes it's Colin's voice oh, doing that. and hollering in the distance, and he knows, and he's like, "Oh shit, yeah, Colin's gone on this walk." He's he's like, "I forgot about Colin." Literally in the in the podcast, he's like, "For a second, I kind of forgot about him." Colin is like the, the middle <laughs> child, <laughs> like poor guy. So he recognizes that it's Colin's voice making these like whoops and whatever, and then so Alex, you know, is like. Or back Ca -ca. that's what yeah, i always do he like responds to him and um and then i hope he doesn't get this. really a response and then all of a sudden he starts hearing colin screaming oh, Jesus. for alex and just like absolutely um just like said that he it is the most pure terror he's ever heard in someone's voice and that he could just hear colin screaming his name out in desperation and alex knew like something was super wrong and he had to jump into like savior mode okay so he went to the truck because of course there's no other headlamp so he's gonna drive down the road follow the track oh so it's to see where away. he could well he buddy could probably be like well 300 yards that's like a football field right yeah, i don't know that's time space let's and say, time mean nothing to let's me. say it's like a kilometer away 300 yards is not a football field. Oh, yeah, anyway, I can understand. Let's say a kilometer. So Alex turns, gets into the truck and um, 
as he's getting in the truck, he hears Colin's voice switch from the terror to fuck off, fuck you, get the fuck away from me. And that's when Alex knew like something is extremely wrong and I got to kick it into gear. So he rips out with the truck, rolls the window down and he's honking the truck so that Colin can hear him. Yeah. So Colin knows he's coming because Alex is thinking, you know, he he's gotten stuck. He's fallen like he's hurting himself. Like he's thinking the worst. There's a horde of raccoons attacking him. Right. Like he just does not know what could be happening. So um, Alex, like I said, jumps into the truck and he drives along the trail, along the train tracks and he's honking. And then um, he gives the a little bit of the light of the car he kind of like goes off near the tracks and mm -hmm. that's when he decides okay i'm gonna run on the tracks because like i can't run by myself in the dark i'm gonna get lost but if i you run on the, the physical tracks and then he had the light from the truck a little bit but that will of course dim out as okay. you get further away but the tracks kept him in in line right okay. is like if you if you stay on the tracks you're not gonna get lost yeah. you just turn yeah, around exactly. the way you came so he just started booking it he said he ran probably the fastest he's ever ran in his life um because he could just hear colin like in desperation just screaming for him um and then he finally as he's running sees colin's headlamp in the distance in the trees and he's like thank god and he's like colin i'm here i'm here and he's like running to him and when he finally gets to colin colin is on his hands and knees just in whimpers like in in physical and in tears and cries and alex you know is like colin i'm here i'm here and colin looks up to him and he screams at him <gasps> and he says are you alex Ew. and alex is like what the yeah it's me and then colin repeats himself again are you alex and then alex responded with his full name it's like joseph Alex alexander something what's his sin number what's his visa like card? you know just says his whole name that colin would know and colin was like okay and instantly believed it was actually alex were they and on drugs no okay so they go back no together onto the tracks and um you know get into the truck and they drive back to the camp and did they hold hands on the way back uh, no okay i don't think so maybe they would have maybe they should have colin was pretty spooked so what happened to Colin yeah. when he went on this walk? Yeah, what did? So, as I said earlier, Colin wanted to take some pictures of these okay. apples. And um, he knew that he had to cross the tracks. And it was about 300 yards past those tracks from if I'm understanding how they explained it okay. properly as to where the apples would be. Okay. So, he took himself there. Um, and then he went to, like, where the the apples should have been and they were gone not surprised and he got confused a tale as old as time yeah and he got confused thinking well this must not be the right spot and didn't expect the apples to be gone because he wanted to take that photo so he was like i'm this must not be the right spot maybe i didn't walk far enough so he goes back onto the tracks again so he doesn't get lost mm -hmm. he said that while he was on the tracks you know he had a little bit of a break he had a he i guess he had brought himself a road beer <laughs> and he said he had a bit up. of a, he had a smoke and a beer while he was just mm -hmm. kind of chilling on the tracks um, and at this point, it was just so dark, like he he couldn't really see much ahead of like where the headlamp was shining. I would never go off by myself in the dark in the bush. Oh, except for when I was at Christian camp and we played Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah. And it was in the middle of the night mm -hmm. and I fell asleep out in the bushes. Like mm -hmm. just the, like, you know, it's rural yeah. around these bushes. Yeah. They had the search party going for me. And then <gasps> oh, I wake God. up and there's these lights shining all over the place. And I stay hidden because I'm like, they're fucking out to get me. We're still playing the game. We're still That's playing. That's so funny. All right, proceed, continue. <laughs> Just didn't want to be found. Mm -mm. So um, as Colin's taking this break, having his beer, having his smoke, you know, he said in the the way he vocalized it in the podcast is he's getting a little buzz on, you know, he's feeling a little fun. So he starts doing those whoops like woo whoop, and boo, hollering. Whoop, boo. And um, okay, so, this, so that time. is what Alex heard. Alex did hear Colin okay. making those whoops and then but what Alex or what Colin didn't hear was Alex's return. Colin says that he never heard Alex calling for him. He never heard the horn and he never heard any of his responses during this entire time. I don't like it. Yeah. So um, like I said, Alex heard Colin, but Colin never heard him. So he walked on to try and find like where these apples were and as he was walking back into the bush he started hearing some snapping behind him and it definitely gave him a bit of a spook so he started to walk a little faster mm -hmm. well i mean it just and bears mooses, he, right but then mooses. he heard alex's voice Raccoons. colin heard alex about 30 feet away 
couldn't auditorily hear what he said, but he knew it was his voice. So he waited to like stay still and then nothing really like he just kind of you know when you stop and you try to like feel out your senses and you're really listening to see if they're walking or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and in that moment of silence was he standing there colin begins to feel this um impact almost like a vibration just go like right past him on his left and then immediately past him on the front and then immediately again behind him i told you vampire something is circling him in the air Oh, Jesus. Flying... It's above him. Vampire. And he knew he could feel, like, the sound and the vibration that was hitting him was in all directions. He could tell it, it was something supernatural. He immediately had that vibe that, like, he was spooked. Um, And it... He just booked it. Like, he started to run. And as he was running, he could feel something chasing him. Jeez. No, about 10 feet above him Ooh. in the air. And See, he could okay, hear the branches breaking as it... And he could hear the vroom, like, as, but as he was running, it was as if it was like a humming behind him, like following him. It was going as fast as him. Um, and he could hear like the resulting of all the breaking and like the foliage and the leaves that would be just breaking apart as something was trucking through the tops of the trees. So did they see like he, debris, anything afterwards? So what ended up happening is he actually ended up, he ended up falling. Oh, he, okay. he tripped. Um, and that's when he started to scream like, Classic fuck you, Colin. fuck off. Cause when he tripped, he felt as if it was like over top of him. So he started to scream at it, telling it to this entity or this vibe or whatever it was to go the frig away. Okay. He was telling it to leave. Okay. Um, Not invited. And that is, of course, as we know from Alex's encounter, that's when Alex started to drive. Um, so Colin also at this point, unfortunately from just booking it, got really turned around and he wasn't too sure where he was anymore he was trying to get to the tracks well, and he, he could fell, not he find the tracks might not remember which it's what i'm thinking he got a little he just got um turned around and he swears that he never found the tracks again and he just was running but when alex found him he was actually on the other side of the tracks than the side that colin thought he was on so during all of that kerfuffle of Colin running and like the three minutes it happened, he could have run over the tracks, but he doesn't remember doing that. He never re remembers leaving the bush. He was running in the bush the whole time. In his mind, he's on one side of the tracks, but Alex found him on the other side. Weird. So that's also really okay. weird. But the woods can turn you around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, he just was super turned around. Alex um, found him. And they crossed over the tracks. Colin swears that he, like I said, did not. But the adrenaline and running, you don't know what you might not have missed. Um, when Alex finds him, um, and they're all... So now we're all caught up. Both the boys at the same time, they're together. At last. Colin could not believe that Alex found him. Like, he was super convinced that he was going to die out there. He was super convinced no one was ever going to come for him. He just had, Colin, like, an had overwhelming been five a sense of dread. <laughs> um, and he was just super on edge until they got back to the camp. And once they got back to the camp, things kind of started to decompress a bit. Um, oh, something else to add. I guess they had mentioned it. When they were leaving, before they got back to their camp, a train had actually come. Because they were still active in use tracks. What? So a train passed by. And they actually had to wait for the train so they could cross over the tracks to get back to their vehicle. Could the train have been the whooshing and sound? And when the train was passing them, in between each cart, it made the same sound that Colin heard. That whoosh. As there was an air pocket between each cart. He said that's how fast it sounded. Didn't sound the same because there oh, was okay, no okay, bushes. Yeah. But he said that's as fast as it sounded to me. Maybe it's a ghost train. So then <laughs> they, um, Colin gets home. Like they get back to the camp. Colin was pooped. He was the adrenaline. He got the adrenaline crash. Colin was he pooped probably had, Alex was smelling it. Yeah. He probably had like a drink and he went to bed. He he was done. Alex stayed up a little bit longer though, um, to write, and he dear diary. Yeah, dear today diary. Colin. Today Colin was so got dramatic. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex stays up a bit, and he for the first time heard that duck noise that Colin had been talking the about. Duck, that duck goose or like, that like this weird sound and he was like oh that's the duck sound ducks aren't real um and then he starts hearing this like metal grinding on the tracks as if like when you're like halting a train maybe mm. or something mm -hmm. and the way that their camp is, is he can just turn around and look at the train tracks and he can hear where the sound is coming from and there is no train there's nothing on the tracks but he could hear like 
insane metal like scraping and then he just that he waited about like three minutes and it stopped and he's like okay weird and then he started to get back ready for bed he was done his writing kind of put it out of his mind and was just like probably a train like this is mm-hmm. you know we're near the tracks and then a completely different direction so like let's say the tracks is on their left the river's on their right from the river he begins to hear metal scratching and bending and twisting and then he starts to hear it like almost you know when you hold a saw and it goes whoa, 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 oh whoa, yeah, whoa. yeah yeah he starts to hear that and it starts off really unmelodic and then it becomes more melodic as it continues and it becomes almost like a vibrational sound around him and it was so intense and so loud and then it just stopped and he was like okay and went back to bed. Colin he, never heard like, any of it. All right. Um, and the next day they got up and left. <laughs> and They're all, these 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 jabronis. Yeah, love them. Um, Colin says he will never go back. Good. Alex says he's open to it. Of course he is. And Alex, if you want to take me, I hey, would go camping there with you. Nice. We both would. <laughs> we both would. Yeah, I'd go camping. I well, fuck it. I would go. Yep. I'd go. Not alone, but I would go. Yeah. I'll go with you. So if you guys want to hear that full um, encounter from them on Strange Familiars, it's episode 63. You can find that on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Um, and you can hear Colin and Alex speak to their um, host of that podcast, Travis, firsthand about what happened. And um, I hope I did them justice. And it's just another little spooky tale from Southern BC about what could be. Colin, actually, I should say what they truly thought. Colin truly believes it was a witch. And oh. he actually believes that it could have train. been that woman from. Well, yeah, the, I think it's it's, and it's he the just, woman from the, the way that it was store. all around him. He was like, it was a witch. She was following me she in the said, trees. She, she said, was coming it's in for the me. Bush. She knew where they were going. Yeah. So Colin really does believe that it's. I mean, been I just need some CTV footage of the thrift <laughs> store. I'm going to find out who this lady is yeah. and we'll solve this. It'll be good. Um, but thanks, Janelle. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, where can people find you on social media, you know, after the show, if they want to, you want to follow me, this. you can go on to see me on Instagram, um, on princess lizard, a with the four. Nice. And if you want to see photos from this podcast, um, uh, from this episode, hit us up on Instagram at secrets of the North underscore podcast. Or if you want to see pictures of the random things I do, then, you know, hit me up on the gram too. E to the underscore G. Instagram places, yeah. the place of the grams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, 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 sure. All right. Until next time, keep your hands warm. <laughs> keep your, your keep your keep butts your, cold. Keep your butts cold in your keep your put your hands in your butts. Till until Til next, next time, time. Put your hands in your butts. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.